everybody to You Don't Need Podcast. This is your host, Eric Ramirez, coming to you live from Damascus, Maryland. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who my NFL football team is anymore because all it does is bring up really bad memories and makes me want to cry. Uh, but in the meantime, I will say that I'm a Barcelona fan, so I will be rooting for them moving forward, even though they're just as bad. And I will toss the mic over to our top knock rockin' leftist. My man, AJ. Hey, what's up, guys? This is AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, despite uh, the many travails of the Washington football team and uh, the other various uh, teams associated with the, with the uh, hitherto unrepresented uh, state of D.C., uh, I'm a Washington fan of all sports, except for my beloved Orioles. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DittaDanJets uh, and on Instagram, too. Um but with that, I'm going to send it over to my uh, bearded bestie, my man, man, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hello, I'm Lauren, coming to you from Montgomery Village. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football team fan, Wizards fan, anything D.C. sports related. But, yeah, looks like um, – Looks like we got some drama here in Washington regarding these emails today at the uh, news conference. Hi, huh, Eric. Boy, did we. So, <clears throat> for those uninitiated in the happenstance of the Washington football team investigation, uh, I myself might, might miss some of the details here, but basically there was an investigation launched by the NFL to look into uh, – quite frankly, put the shitty drama or culture that was established in Washington under Bruce Allen and the ownership of Dan Snyder. Um, said investigation was concluded. And oddly enough, the only thing to come up of it were, you know, racially and misogynistic charged emails exchanged between John Gruden and then Washington football team president Bruce Allen. Um, also, strangely enough, this only led to the firing of another team's head coach question mark i don't know how that works but um there was an nfo meeting going on with some of the owners today roger goodell was present and too much to the surprise of them two former washington football team employees showed up as well Um, i think it was two maybe three i couldn't really talk about an article um i think yeah two um who dropped off a very well well well-worded letter calling out the NFL for not making the uh, results of the investigation public, uh, demanding that they do so. All of this in the midst of uh, our government even deciding to get involved. Um, AJ, if you could elaborate a little bit more on this so I don't butcher it. Yeah, absolutely. So two members of the um, the House Oversight Committee, um, whose names at this time I do not have prepared, uh, but I'll get that to you before we end this segment. Um, they actually initiated a, or, or formally asked um, the NFL in a letter, a public letter, uh, to disclose the results, the full results of the investigation. Um, and uh, it seems it's looking increasingly likely that there's going to be a congressional hearing over uh, the um, the sexist and uh, obnoxious practices of the Washington football team. Um, and the NFL's, uh, per, you know, seeming cover up of that uh, of that investigation um in the in the coming months uh in the coming months ahead um so the washington football team is super embattled right now um and those two those two um those two employees by the way uh this letter so what they did was they wrote this letter to um uh to the nfl 
um, that was delivered today at the meeting in New York. Uh, those two employees, those two employees who were uh, brave enough to show up in person and deliver their demands to the NFL are Melanie Coburn and Anna Nunez, uh, two former employees for the Washington football team who basically showed up and said, hey, you know, we want to make this uh, the results of this investigation public. We want to hear uh, from uh, from the NFL about, you know, what they uncovered and and, you know, kind of see how far down the rabbit hole it goes. Uh, obviously, the NFL is not uh, in favor of doing this uh, for the reasons we've just we've discussed before. Uh, capitalism, once again, at the heart of things, uh, the owners are seeking to protect themselves. Um, and uh, and that's pretty much all this is about. Uh, so that means they can't have Dan Snyder going down in flames without, uh, you know, potentially endangering the rest of them. Um, those two those two uh, congressional representatives are uh, Representative Carolyn Maloney. Uh, she's the chairwoman of the of the oversight committee. And uh, Rep- Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, um, who's the chairman on the subcommittee for economic and consumer policy. Um, so those two um, representatives are leading the uh, are leading the charge here. Um, I, I wanted to note, as you know, as members of the DMV, I believe Jamie Raskin is also uh, Jamie, Congressman Jamie Raskin, who's my representative, um, and probably uh, yours too as well. Eric um, is also on. Um, I believe is also on the oversight committee as well. So. Uh, so this could get very this could get very interesting very quick uh, as far as the Washington football team is concerned, um, and it's heating up. Um, the greater the likelihood that these emails come out, um, the greater chance we have of getting rid of Dan Snyder, which is which is obviously good. Uh, but doing that uh, in addition to um, you know obviously achieving some measure of restitution and and justice for the women that were um, you know ha- were subject to this environment of sexual harassment is the is the main goal here. So uh, I think it's I think it's worth noting that the NFL has um, has said their defense for not releasing the emails thus far has been that um, the uh, employees involved in the investigation uh, who who raised the alarm and sort of came to NFL with this information uh, have requested anonymity uh, and so uh, so that that's why that's their excuse for not releasing the emails so they're trying to sort of turn the victims into the their own shield. Or, they're trying to turn the victims into a shield for the NFL to prevent them accruing further liability in this case, which is particularly disgusting. Um, and it's interesting to note um, that one of the employees, um, Rachel Engelson, has uh, publicly said today on Twitter that uh, that it's not true that there are employees who came forward and, and blew the whistle or were requesting anonymity with respect to the entire investigation. It was only that their names were not to appear uh, in in a um, attributed to them in a in a report. In a written report, uh, which again, uh, for those of you guys who've been following the story, you'll know this: the NFL has not actually produced a written report. At least that's their claim. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think um, you know if you if you if you believe the victims in this case, which we all absolutely do, and we all know that uh, you know you know according to the NFL itself, that the Washington Football Team was guilty of these practices, um, and especially according to you know given given the fact that they've now fired. A head coach based on um, based on some of the emails that were involved in that investigation. I think you can see they're not. It's not as if they're not saying that the Washington football team was, uh, or, or they're saying that the Washington football team wasn't misogynistic and um, you know had a had a really toxic work culture. Um, uh, if you so, if you believe the victims, which apparently the NFL does, uh, then you can't you can't believe uh, that their excuse here um, that you know that the request for anonymity is somehow. Um, you know, somehow provide some sort of a, a shield for them to, from releasing these documents to public scrutiny, um, which is to say nothing of the fact that, like, you can just redact the documents. It's not like you just cover the names up if there's names involved. Like, it's not like there's some sort of 
uh, uh, reason why they can't do that. Uh, the FBI does that. The government does that every day when they release FOIA, FOIA records, um, the Freedom of Information Act uh, records. So like, uh, you know, that's that's a nonsensical excuse. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, again, Washington football team in at the center of controversy. Again, the NFL uh, culpable in covering it, covering the whole nonsense up. Um, and, uh, it's just a really disgusting saga. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy to, to see that the, uh, the issue is being pressed and I, you know, kudos to, to Miss Nunez and, uh, Engelson for, for showing up today in New York and, and really pressing the envelope. Literally. Warren, what do you got? What do you got to add to it, man? Yeah, no, I think AJ covered it all, but, uh, she, to, uh, Miss Engelson's point here, she said, and to be clear, no, I didn't out myself. I went public with this last year prior to the investigation. So she's been she's been a public voice talking about it, but yeah, I think AJ AJ kind of AJ kind of summed it up and wrapped it up all nicely and put it. And so, um, yeah, I'll toss it back to you, Eric. I think the interesting thing about the whole situation, right, is like, so at the NFL, they have they they've got the whole investigation wrapped up. It was done. They clearly have the results. I mean, it led to John Gruden's ousting, but like, why is that stopping them, right? Because so like the owners clearly have so much play into it. And we've talked about it too. Like maybe Roger Goodell was trying to play a longer game than than um, anybody's thinking, right? Maybe he's trying to keep blackmail somebody into paying him more for his next contract extension. But then, like you flip it over, right? You look at the NBA, right? So I believe it was Donald Sterling, if 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 my if I remember correctly, who who did say racist things. He was clearly caught on a voicemail, like talking to somebody and just being outright racist. And he was forced to sell the team. He was kicked out the league. And again, even recently on Friday, there is a report of Robert uh, Sarver, I believe, who's the um, yeah Robert Sarver, who's the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Um, ESPN getting ready to release an article talking about how he's doing the same racist, uh, sexist, um, just an outright awful like culture that he was he's he's been perpetuating. And the NBA, again, quick to just say, like, no, we're going to oust you, man. Like, article's going to go out live, and then he's inevitably going to have to sell the team. So it's like a contradiction, right? You got one global, national, billion-dollar organization who's just like, no, these guys are out here doing, like, really crappy things. You don't deserve to own one of our teams. And on the flip side, you have the NFL, who's just like, man, year after year, it just seems like you're doing something wrong, right? Like, they're just dropping the ball. They got the Rooney rule that they've been effing up for years. The whole Colin Kaepernick situation that they've been effing up for years. Now they got this investigation that they're just fucking up royally as well. It's like, when when is the line? So I'm like, I'm excited to see the oversight committee step in and be like, nah, yeah, we we want to see more accountability here because, like, they're, they're handling this all really shittily, so... Um, that's my two cents and the, the boys two cents. We're all just really excited to, to the, see the fruition of all this push and all this desire to see the, the investigation results. Cause we deserve to see what's really going on behind those closed doors. Yeah. I mean, I but, think, um, I think also, I just wanted to add in closing, like as the resident leftist, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that like the structures of capitalism are designed to, to create these, this, the type of un- unaccountability that you're seeing from these owners which is why it's so difficult to dislodge them in the first place and why their front offices are breeding grounds for uh, for things like horrendous cultures of racism and sexism, um, you know, give, even despite the fact that in many cases, um, you know, many of the workers who are working in this industry are, you know, people of color or are women. 
uh, that, and you know, we've, we've talked about on the show um, time and time again, we saw with the NWSL, uh, the National Women's Soccer League uh, scandal we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, we see the same accountability here with, with, the, uh, with the NFL. Um, and, you know, even in the case of Donald Sterling, you know, his punishment was that he was no longer allowed to own a team. He got compensated for his shares in the, that he owned in the team. The man's still rich, you know, super rich and made his money off of being a slumlord uh, in the first place. Uh, so, like, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, when we talk about things like accountability, it's like, you know, what the NBA and what the NFL, what the owners have in mind is you get a golden parachute. You get to float gently to the ground and, and enjoy the rest of your life in luxurious obscurity. And, uh, you know, that's not real accountability and that's not what you want to see in a democratic society. So, um, you know, just once again, the structures of capitalism just are there. It's inherent in, in these, as long as you have sports leagues where you insist upon a model where there's a single, uh, you know, there's a single owner or there's like a, there's a, there's a group of people at the top who don't have to answer to anybody. You're going to continue to see this kind of horrendous stuff. Uh, and, and so I think it just points the way towards to me, for me anyway, a better future where, uh, you know, the sports that we all love and enjoy are democratically controlled instead of, uh, being subject to the whims of a bunch of crusty old racist geezers. Hopefully the results of the investigation come out and the kind of paves the way for all of that. Right. Cause I know we're all tired of seeing it, but. Anyways, something else that I'm kind of tired of seeing, but is happening anyways. Uh, Jake Paul is set to fight Tommy Fury uh, in December. But more excitingly, because it's going down in my birth month, and I know exactly what I want for my birthday, and I'm going to drag you guys into having to talk about this with me, is Logan Paul fighting Mike Tyson. (laughs) February 8th. Um, Dude, all I want for my birthday is no, not a big booty hoe, but a Logan Paul knockout by Mike Dyson. Like, that would just be absolutely amazing. Lauren, who you got your money on on this one? Oh, uh, Iron Mike. <laughs> I think Iron Mike rolls in there and just it, it just uh, uh, knocks his head off. He's going to be higher than a kite. He's going to be higher than uh, the, the, <laughs> the stars above our heads, but he'll roll in there, I think, and he just – I keep. I think he blows uh, Logan Paul away. Was it him? Was it him who fought last, or was it his brother? I can't remember. Whoever he fought last was just sloppy and ugly. I think Mike Tyson has has. I think ten years from now, Mike Tyson could still fight him and beat him. So I think he's got just more talent. I think the um, Michael. I think Michael beat the bricks off him. But what about you, AJ? <laughs> yeah, he's the lovely thing about this is that uh, with Mike, with a guy like Mike Tyson. Uh, I don't, I don't know that Mike Tyson is constitutionally capable of pulling punches. Uh, I don't know if you guys so. witnessed when he fought Roy Jones, um, uh, you know, which was, it was, it was fun, but it was kind of like a sad affair in a, in a way, because uh, you could tell Roy Jones Jr. was just not prepared to get hit by Mike Tyson. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've ever seen, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I was growing up when Mike Tyson was, or when uh, Roy Jones was fighting, I, I never got to see t- Mike Tyson fight live before that fight. But what I can tell you is this, Roy Jones Jr., when he was in his prime, was a problem. My man had some of the fastest hands you've ever seen in his division. He could, and he, and he had enough power, and he had a power that could take you out in the blink of an eye. Uh, he was fluid, and, you know, he, he was one of those fighters that really melded boxing, like pure boxing skill with, uh, with just fighter's instinct, the, 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 
the raw uh, attention, the raw fighting talent combined with the attention to form and detail that uh, that comes with hard work put in over time. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. was a problem. And the fact that he couldn't, st- I mean, look, he's been out of the game for a while. Mike Tyson's been out of the game for a while. But it says something that Roy Jones Jr. couldn't hang with him because Roy Jones is one of the greatest. Uh, you know, he's, he's up there. He's one of the greats. Paul, one of the Paul brothers? I don't, I don't, I can't really tell them apart. They both look the same to me. Uh, as far as I know, they're, they're the same person. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know which one is fighting them, but like, uh, fighting Mike, Mike Tyson, but I, he's, I, I guess the strategy will be just like the last fight he had to like, just get punched in the face a couple times and then clinch until the fight's over and then get be declared the winner. I don't think that's going to work this time. If Mike Tyson hits you, you're not getting back up. That's that's just kind of what it is. And it apparently, you know, ask Roy Jones, it doesn't matter if he's 60 or not, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, shout, oh, yeah, also shout out to Mike Tyson who has uh, tattoos of uh, Che Guevara and uh, I believe Mao Zedong also on his on his body. So he's, he's uh, you know, he's a fellow leftist, I guess. Uh, so shout out to Mike for that, for Iron Mike for that. But uh, but yeah, hopefully that, you know, that, that allows him to avoid the pitfalls of his previous uh, of the of the Paul brothers' p- previous opponents, sort of throwing the fight, uh, so that the Paul brothers can claim victory. Uh, I would love to see their pasty white faces hit the hit the canvas mat. Yeah, I think it was after the the, the Tyson Jones fight. Mike Tyson was like, "We're going to do this again." He was like, "Not with me." Roy Jones was like, "I'm not doing this again." He's like, "That hurt." He was like, "That wasn't any fun." Because I was getting my butt kicked. Yeah, I think Tyson's just more fundamentally sound. Even after watching that fight, I think he's more fundamentally sound. And if Tyson and I don't even know what the rounds are, they might they might they probably even change the round how long the rounds are. But if they change to like two minutes, uh, you better hold on. You better he's he's gonna hit oh the canvas. God. One of the, the one of the Paul brothers, whoever gets in the ring's going down. Because I'm with AJ. I can't tell who's fighting when and who's fighting what. I can't tell them apart. But yeah, they're 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 hitting the canvas for sure. Because this isn't no retired MMA fighter coming off a hip surgery or or retired MMA fighter who's never done boxing before. This is one of the greatest to ever 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 do it. And uh, even even in that last fight, he he you know he's old, but man, he still got some power left. So yeah, I think I think for your birthday you'll get a nice big uh, nice nice knockout there by Mike Eric. Man, fingers crossed. I remember like so Mike Tyson right now is fifty five. I remember watching like a quick clip that he posted leading up to the Roy Jones Roy Jones fight uh, for his training, and like dude, I mean he looks on like unfucking real. For what was that like two years? Uh, two years ago, right? Something like no, that. No, that was that was like six months ago. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and if he's continued to train, like the the man is cut from steel. He's unreal. So I yeah I'm I just want to bring it up because I'm super looking forward to one of them just getting their asses handed to them and passing out and getting knocked out onto that mat. And I will be belligerently drunk, happy, happy as hell, celebrating my birthday. So yeah. <laughs> before before we move on, we should just point out in the world of legitimate, bo- like actual boxers with like fighters who like train and stuff. That's actually serious. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, uh, who fights under um, uh, under Mayweather's camp, uh, just won a TKO in his latest bout. Um, and so that's a, that's a kid to keep an eye on. Um, we expect to see him doing more big things. Also, as long as we're mentioning professional boxing, just want to shout out Javante Davis. Uh, who is from Baltimore, so he gets a shout-out uh, for being local uh, and also for being one of the best boxers in his weight division uh, uh, right now. I think I think he's I think he's number one, so can't wait to see him fight again either. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, boxing. We, we talk about that too, folks. 
Oh, speaking of which, also the um, the Wilder Wilder Fury fight. No, was it? Fury? Yeah, that happened too. And Fury knocked out Wilder, and that fight was absolutely bonkers. Like, yeah, it was. It, it's interesting because like I've seen a lot of guys say, uh, you know, that's one of the best fights they've seen they've ever seen or whatever. Like one of the best fights of all time. I disagree with that assessment. Um, I don't think it's one of the best fights of all time, just because uh, Deontay Wilder is just not technically sound as a boxer. Uh, the man does not have boxing skills. He never developed them, uh, which is really a shame because, you know, he, he's got so much raw talent and power as a fighter. Uh, you know, you really, you really, I would really have loved to see him uh, just uh, approach Tyson Fury uh, with a more technical approach, you know, keeping his guard up is just, you know, basic stuff. Keep your guard up. Uh, keep that left hand, uh, you know, right below his chin. Um, you know, a little bit of roll. Uh, a pull and counter game would have would have ended Tyson Fury for sure, uh, because he wouldn't have been able to throw a jab at all. I mean, it, it just just basic stuff like that, and it, you know, he just didn't have it um, because he never needed to. I mean, let's be honest. He just he yeah, just he was, was a knockout just... machine. All he had to mm-hmm. do was was hit you with that right hand, and you weren't getting up again. Um, and all it took, but all it took was you know Tyson Fury uh, is the only guy to ever beat him, um, and uh, you know, all it took was Tyson Fury just saying, you know what, no matter how many times you put me on the canvas, I'm still going to get back up. Uh, in that fight, there were two knockdowns in the same round for Tyson Fury. So that's a 10-8 round. Uh, and Tyson Fury still was able to, to come back. I believe it was the 10th or 11th round. Uh, and it was clear. It was clear uh, Wilder didn't have anything left. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he was wobbling. Uh, he was leaning on the canvas. And so when Fury finally put him down, um, you know, it was it was a long time coming. The ref knew it to stop it immediately. Um, but look, all Tyson, all Fury had was was a lot of grit and and some technical savvy, and he was able to to, to you know put down this this raw fighter uh, in Deontay Wilder, and and you know it just goes to show you, man. I mean, it doesn't matter how much raw talent you have or how much power you have, you know, you meet somebody who's got as, enough grit, uh, who's got the same amount of grit as you, and uh, has the technical savvy, they'll put you down, um, you know. So you know, for all those uh, of you guys uh, who don't have any, you know, don't have the raw talent. You could put in the work over time, and you might take a, you might take down a natural prodigy. So, just putting that out there. Lauren, any any thoughts on that fight? Because I don't I don't I think I don't remember if you watched it or not. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, AJ 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 assessed it beautifully. He pretty much uh, uh, put it in great detail. I thought it was a fun fight. I think uh, to to that guy's credit is. I don't know. It's probably it'd probably be up there one of the more memorable fights I've seen in my lifetime. I guess that's probably the best way I would put it um, up there with uh, some Pacquiao fights I've seen and, and Floyd fights I've seen. But it's probably one of the more memorable ones just because heavyweights are so much fun. You know, like you just don't see big heavyweights anymore. Uh, kind of go at it. So that's why I kind of remember it. But I think AJ AJ touched on it beautifully. It was a it was a good fight. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was it was, it was one of the after we getting the garbage that is the Logan Paul fights, uh, you know, those are the most recent ones we've seen. Seeing that was actually nice to see some boxing, you know, like some actual boxing. So, yeah, I, I just can't I can't wait for, for the for the next one. Yeah, I'm 100 percent on with that. Lauren, you put that beautifully after the garbage that we've been getting. It's like finally an actual match where like these guys clearly like they're boxers. So what, like you said, AJ Wilder, a little bit more on the raw side but i mean his power is just unreal at this point but funny uh funny trivia tyson fury is half brother to tommy fury and tommy fury is going to fight one of the paul brothers so tyson's already gone on record to say that if his half brother loses he is disowning him 
Um, so hopefully that gives them some incentive to actually show up and show out. Um, but moving forward onto showing up and showing out, I want to talk about something real quick because I was completely wrong about this. And I believe both of you, if not one of you, was absolutely right. And this is the Tennessee Titans. Um, man, did I know the Chiefs are kind of struggling this year, but I did not expect uh, the Titans to do what they did to the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, I mean, that was crazy to me. Uh, I know that they're, um, I know that, you know, the Chiefs are kind of one of those teams that everybody's counting on and you you can't count them out. And I, I still stand by that, but I did not expect the Titans to put on a clinic like they did. Um, so Lauren, I mean, what did you think about the game? Cause that to me was, I was mind blown. Yeah, no, I thought it, I, I, so for me, Tennessee was like a big kind of surprise when the season started, when they started, when they lost a couple games there to start out, but then they kind of got the ball rolling. They got their feet underneath them. Some players got healthy and I kind of, their defense started stepping up and I kind of realized that, um, you know, these team, this team could get out. They added Julio Jones. They already had AJ Brown. They were banged up. They have Derrick Henry in the backfield who you just can't stop. Uh, and so, you know, once the, and, and, and Ryan Tannehill, isn't going to like, he's no Aaron Rodgers or like, he's not going to blow you away, but he can, he can do just enough. You know, he can make the, he can make the right passes and the right reads at the right time. And, and, and honestly, when I saw that we, the Washington football team could hang with Kansas city for a half, I thought for sure that, uh, that this, this Titans team could probably could probably show up and put up a good fight. I think the, the biggest reason was, is I just didn't trust Kansas city's defense. I just didn't trust it with the weapons that, that, that the Titans have. Um, you know, you just wear them down with Derrick Henry, and then you've got two stud wide receivers, um, uh, Julio Jones and AJ, AJ Brown on the outside, just making plays left and right. So I, you know, they shocked me at first. I think they went, they started 0-2, the Titans did, but then they've ripped off five straight. So, um, they either started, yeah, they, no, they lost to the Cardinals and, the, and then they, uh, um, it looks like they lost to the Jets. Is that the Jets only win, Eric? Uh, Yes. Because of a missed kick in overtime, so yeah. Oh, okay, wow. So yeah, I guess I didn't realize that, but no. Um, but yeah, so you know, Tennessee, they, they, you know, I think they're for real. I think that defense is for real. And then, in two, in their last two, uh, their last two wins have been against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, the top two AFC, you know, teams of the last year. So you know, I think the Titans are. I think the Titans are here. You know that that that. That uh that beast Derrick Henry, you know, run the ball in December is what they always say. So uh you you can't stop him. He's kind of I heard someone say this and I and I and I completely agree with it because it's what I've been thinking, but I didn't have the right words until this guy said it. He said, I'm done betting on Tom Brady getting old. He's like, I'm done doing it. He's like, I'm not betting on him getting old and slowing down until he retires or he does. He's like, every year I'm gonna expect him to be at the same level. He's like, that's the same way with Derrick Henry. How many times do you see guys of running backs of his body, his stature, his size, come into the league, dominate for a few years, and then burn out? And that has just not happened. And so that's kind of what I think with Derrick Henry. It's just year after year, he's proven he's here, and he's here to stay. So he's just said, you know, the guy pretty much summed up and said, I'm not going to bet against Derrick Henry or bet on him slowing down until he does. So that's kind of what that's kind of where I'm at. If he stays, if he can stay healthy for the next two or three years, he'll be the, he'll still be a dominant running back. You know, no major injuries in the sense of like ACLs, you know, or MCLs or knee issues. I think he'll be, um, I think he'll for sure be the uh, um, the dominant back, and that team will be contenders. You know, they stay, they kind of stay competitive through the rest of this year. You know, they might be a dark horse in the playoffs to to to, to pull some upsets. So. 
But AJ, what do you think about Tennessee? Because you're the only, you and me are the ones that picked them last week. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a reason why I've been riding high on Tennessee the whole year. Um, you know, it's not just been, it's not just been, you know, the past couple of weeks. It's been, it's been the whole time. I've been pretty consistent about picking them. And, uh, you know, the reason I have been is because, uh, you know, you have a foundation. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys, uh, any of our listeners at home, watch the Peyton and Eli, uh, live with Peyton and Eli Monday Night Football broadcast. Uh, but they said it. You know, they came out of the words of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, that, uh, you know, the run game is really fun- fundamental to, to to the NFL. There's just no way around uh, in foot, in American football of, uh, you know, you have that dominate, dominant running game and you're going to be able to, to basically do whatever you want based on that game. Um, and so, you know, with a guy like Derrick Henry, a freak, a 6'3", 260-pound uh, tank, uh, you know, who like who has no who runs like a 4'3", like that's in, that's absolutely insane. Um, and so like, uh, to, to, you know, to have a guy like him, uh, you know, behind a, behind even a halfway decent offensive line, you're, you're going to be just fine. Um, and so, you know, you know, let's not, I don't want to, I don't want to go too high on them. Uh, you know, they did beat this Kansas city chiefs team, but le- again, let's, let's recall, you know, despite their, their pretty good performance against the Washington football team, the Washington football team is a bad organization. Um, and, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that the Kansas city, uh, chiefs do not have a defense. And their office, offensive line is just not performing at the same level that it has been the past couple of years. Um, and so, you know, to me, it came as no surprise. That was a no-brainer to take Tennessee in that game. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, we, we're seeing uh, what it looks like when a system is uh, committed to and is applied consistently. And I think that's the key, right? I think consistency is the key. Uh, folks, if you want a good fantasy football team, you don't go for the guys who are going to get you 40 points once every three games. You go for the guys who are going to get you 20 points every single game uh, so you can consistently have those. And it's the same exact thing in the NFL when you're when you can co- constantly perform at a high level um, with some level of consistency. Uh, you're going to you're going to win football games. Uh, you may not win all of them, but you're going to win most of them. And that's where the that's where the Titans are right now. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're a dark horse to win the, win win games in the playoffs. I would say that they're a legit Super Bowl contender at this point, uh, even this at this point, uh, one third of the way through the season. So. That's my two cents, Eric. What, what about you? The the thing that it, like has stood out to me most about what Tennessee has done is, for example, their first round pick this year, Caleb Farley, at a cornerback out of University of Virginia, done for the season. Like must have played at max two games, and even with that, um, like you know, that's a, that's a that's a piece that you're hoping to build on in the future, right around your defense. You don't have them. They're still out here. Like their defense has kept them in games, kept them competitive. Um, they they had a misfortunate game where they lost the Jets because both AJ Brown and Julio Jones were out. Right. So what did we do? We teed off on on Derrick Henry all day. That's all we did. We committed to it. And um, their wide receivers just you know, those are like practice squad guys that are are DBs who are super young had to play against. So it was like pretty even. Um, and then we got lucky, right? We we didn't beat them. They just they lost themselves. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Tennessee's, um, we're seeing, we're seeing Tannehill kind of hit his stride right now. Like he kind of took over that game towards the end where, um, you couldn't tell if they were like committing to the run or if he's running a bootleg again, Tannehill has the wheels to beat you real quick, like around the edge. If he got, if he has the space for it. Um, and like Lauren pointed out, he's got two really awesome outside receivers and AJ Brown and Julio Jones. So. Um, I think the Titans are definitely a threat heading into the playoffs. And 
once you get into those colder weathers, I mean, hitting Derek Rennie, uh, hitting Derek Henry while he runs 21 miles per hour at you is going to hurt. <laughs> no matter how much pads you have on, it's going to hurt. So it, it'll be exciting to see them like further hit their stride. Um, but we'll see because they have a there's well it helps is their division right they have Jacksonville and Houston in their yep. division so they're gonna play both of them again plus Indianapolis which like Indianapolis isn't necessarily a world beater either so you know they'll probably get into the they'll probably be the division winner and get into the playoffs here so we'll see you know they they play some they the, I think the real test will be uh, when they play the Rams looks like here on Sunday Night Football here in two weeks. I think that'll be a real that'll be a real measuring stick because to me the only teams that they played that are real real are the Cardinals and they lost and they beat the Bills but they beat the Bills in a shootout which a lot of people have the Bills pegged to go pretty far this year too so um, I think if they I think if they hold their own against the Rams and you know lose a real close one or a shootout or, or even beat them then I think we'll know okay Tennessee let's okay Tennessee's gonna Tennessee's for real for real it'll be they they also played the 49ers, who I mean. At least the defense will be a test, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but are you, you, Lauren, buying or selling the Titans? Buying. AJ, buying or selling the Titans? Bro, I've, I've been bought those Titans, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think after last week, I'm gonna go have to gonna have to go ahead and buy some sh- uh, some stocks in them as well because they look legit for now. But somebody else who's legit, Tom Brady. Um, that man tossed his 600th touchdown this weekend. Uh, and I bring him up because there was a trade made on the field that day. Mike Evans unknowingly gave a fan Tom Brady's 600th touchdown ball. Um, he was traded another game day ball and like a bunch of other random stuff. AJ, real quick. If you had Tom Brady's 600th touchdown ball, what would you require in a trade? Oh man. Uh, it's hard to say, man, because, like, honestly, I probably would have just done the same thing that the fan did and just been like, yeah, here, take it. But, uh, <laughs> but like, if I were if I were being cynical and, like, being all, you know, uh, you know, being all business-like, uh, I probably would have demanded, uh, you know, man, it's hard to say. I mean, what do you demand when you have – like, this is a situation where it's like you got something where it's like, man, what could I, what could I possibly get out of this, you, you know? You have the power. Like – it's pro like imagine if you put that on eBay, right? It's it, it could probably go for a couple hundred thousand bucks easy, you know. So I think I think probably oh, I would have demanded like lifetime season tickets or something like that, and and then um, and then you know maybe uh, maybe assigned an autographed replacement ball from Tom Brady or something like that, like so, something like yeah. something to that effect. But I would have I would have demanded something like lifetime season tickets, I think, because it's like. <laughs> first of all, where else are you going to get this ball? Like, you know, how much is this seat really worth to you? You know, I I just, I feel like, I feel like I could, I could, I could make an argument, you know? So anyway. Lauren, Lauren, you get, you get the 600th touchdown ball. What are you trading for? I'm trading for the release of the emails. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) (laughs) That's savage. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> no. So yeah, the release. Of, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm with AJ in the moment. In the moment, my adrenaline would be like my my adrenaline would take me. I'd be like, like if that ever happens to me, like let's just say I'm lucky enough to ever get an NFL ball handed to me because I'm sitting that close. 
I, I don't think that I would know what to do when they're like, hey, we're going to trade you. I'd be like, uh, 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 okay, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't know. My mind wouldn't know what to ask for because I saw his haul and I was like, you know, an autographed jersey from Mike Evans, an autograph, another game football, an uh, autographed jersey from Tom Brady. Uh, what do you have? All all access passes, two two more for this year, like two more for next year. Okay. Yeah, Tom Brady said he's going to get him a Bitcoin. So, like, you know, Jeez. I kind of looked at that and I was like, okay, that's a decent – I think he even got an autographed helmet from someone too. I was like, that's a de- pretty decent haul. But then I saw that Tom Brady's, like, first touchdown thrown pass uh, ball w- went on auction, sold for half a million dollars. Good so, grief. it was like this one could have gone for, like, a million. So, I think – AJ's kind of spot bonds par with like, I want like box suites for like the, until the day I die, you know what I mean? Or for like the next 10 years at least. Right. Like, you know, like something like that where we're like, maybe I can't resell them or something. Right. Cause the NFL, you know, they'd be, be, be. but I think what the guy got was a pretty good haul my personal opinion. And he got a thousand dollars to their credits to their store too. You know, I, I can't think, you know, I'm like AJ, my adrenaline would be pumping so high. I'd be like, ask for the biggest thing you can, you can ask for. And I'd be like, uh, an autographed Jersey by Tom Brady. I'd be like, that's it. I'd be like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would have, I'd have, I'd have no idea. Like everybody be like, dude, you could have gotten so much more. I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, I, I could have. So I don't know. I think, I think his haul was pretty appropriate. Tom giving him a Bitcoin is pretty nice of him, I guess. Um, I think Must that nice. I'm kind of on par with AJ. I'd want, I'd want seats. Maybe uh, I want, I want autographed jerseys. That's for sure. I'd want an autographed jersey from Tom. Well, I honestly would want a helmet autographed by the whole team. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, kind of like things like that. Just stuff you can't stuff you can't get your hands on. Maybe a game worn jersey or something like that from Tom or something. I don't know. But yes, yeah, the kind of kind of like the haul he got is something similar that I, I would want. Um, you know, a thousand dollars in the team in the team store is only gonna get you like a jersey or two if that. So like, you know, maybe a little bit more maybe a little more cash in that department. But uh you know, like free, free, free beer or something, you know, all you can eat, all you can drink, you know, box sweets for like 10 years or something like that. Like, I think, I think, yeah. I think I saw some guys say he didn't ask for enough because the ball could have gone for like a million dollars. So I wonder what would happen if he like held out, right? Like, I wonder what, what they would have, you know, he holds out for another 24 hours. Like, what do they do? Are they, are they just like, all right, we're giving you nothing. Give us the ball back. Or are they like upping the stakes? Right. Like, all right, yep. you know, two, you know, more tickets to next year, tickets to the year after that, you know, like all access, but. I think what he got was pretty fair in all honesty. I mean, how, how are you going to say no to like Tom Brady and like, you know what I mean? That like, it's I mean, like to me. My thing is like, how, how do you say no to So Mike Evans like walks up to you in the stands and goes, wait, I need the ball back. What, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, nah, right. man. <laughs> like, you're going to start right. the bidding right there. Like, come on. Like, that's not yeah. going like, to, that's not going to work. My, my adrenaline, like I would be more sad that he was taking the ball away from me. Like he, I would be like, I got this ball. I got this ball. Like, I'm going to need it back. You know what I mean? Man, like I would, I would want to give it to him. Mike Evans is like six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds, just pure muscle, <laughs> like athletic muscle coming out to me. Give me the ball back. I'm like, absolutely, sir. I'm so sorry. Have my beer as well. I think, I think we should also note that, uh, you know, he didn't get nothing with the, the Bitcoin. I don't know how you're supposed to move Bitcoin. Like I don't know anything about how that works. Yeah, mostly because I don't think it makes any freaking sense. But uh, yeah, we have talked about this. Bitcoin is dumb. Don't buy it. Uh, but it's supposed to be worth $63,000. So, you know, yep. maybe he's a not. A single Bitcoin is 63K. Maybe yeah. he'll get something out of it, uh, out of his single Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin. it rises, and if it rises in value to like 100K, he could sell it. Or Look, whatever, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if this random guy from uh, Tampa Bay listens to our podcast, but sell that joint immediately and put, put your money in actual stocks instead of that dumb crap, and yeah. you'll be much happier. <laughs> Uh, but a financial Eric, advisor. Yeah, seriously, Eric. Uh, what, what about you? What would what would you? What would... 
Oh, man, I got to be honest. Like Lauren was saying, I think like in the heat of the moment, my adrenaline and just my mind would be like, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, definitely ask for free beer, like or at least like a like a few free beer vouchers every game because I'm getting season tickets for the rest of my life. Uh, maybe like six so they don't worry about me getting wasted. But, you know, six beers over there is like seven hundred dollars. So it evens out. Uh, <laughs> That's why you get those box suites. That's why you get the box seats with everything included. So it's just yes. like, all right, well, the food's here for me. So I just drove up to the stadium and take my private elevator up to it and sit next to all the uh, whatever the owner's name is. I also – so here's my kicker, though. I would have asked for a socially distanced team like picture or like a picture with Tom Brady or something where it's like, look, I'll yeah. sit here in the stands. He could be like 10 feet behind me. Yeah. And we'll take a picture because it still counts for something. I mean, maybe you can autograph it too. I'm not making a poster, um, but yeah, I mean, and and then obviously, I probably would have asked for like I don't know, a couple signed jerseys and the, like I like the idea of a fully fully autographed team helmet. That would have been dope. Um, but yeah, now what he got was um, after hearing what Lauren said, he got. I mean, yeah, that's he got a good amount. I mean, can't be too mad at sixty three thousand dollar Bitcoin. I mean, that's a down payment on a house right there. So huh, I'm, I'm going to take that somewhere. Facts. Um, <laughs> just wanted, <laughs> I just thought that was like one, of, it was one of the funnier topics of conversation for the whole weekend lead, or like the week leading up to today. And I was like, we got to talk about this because I got to know what you guys would ask for. <laughs> what would you ask for if you literally had Tom Brady by the ball? <laughs> <laughs> Give me this name, the stadium after me. <laughs> release the emails <laughs> oh man that's too good well we're gonna move on from football real quick because we got another big big game going on right this moment game one of the major league baseball world series is happening the atlanta braves versus the houston astros uh AJ and Lauren, I'm going to let you guys go into it, but I'm super excited because I'm hoping the Astros win just because, haha, they cheated not too long ago and they're back in it. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. Well, look, it turns out the Astros are good even when they don't, presumably, don't cheat. Uh, they uh, they were able to defeat the Boston Red Sox uh, last week. And uh, what we, we are, as we're recording this right now, we're actually in the bottom of the first uh, against the uh, Atlanta Braves. Who are able to um, to defeat the Dodgers? Rest in peace, Dodgers. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Trey Trey Turner and uh, <laughs> Max Scherzer. Uh, we're sorry for, that you weren't able to uh, to to continue on this this year. But um, in any case, uh, they're currently in the bottom of the first. Uh, the Atlanta has jumped. Out, the Atlanta Braves have jumped out to a two nothing lead. Bases are loaded, uh, and uh, we have uh, Kyle Tucker coming up to bat. Um, and, uh, so we might, we're, it looks like it's going to be an exciting series guys. Um, statistically speaking, these two teams are probably the best in baseball. Um, I believe the hitting coach for the Astros is the son of the head coach for the, um, for the, for the Braves. Uh, so that's, that's another interesting storyline. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it, October baseball is the best kind of baseball guys. Um, get out here and watch this game. Um, I like the Houston Astros in this, in this matchup. Um, but it could go either way. Uh, Lauren, what are your thoughts? Yeah. When I saw that, that, uh, Atlanta jumped out to a 2-0 lead, I was like, uh-oh, uh, they might just run away with this, uh, you know, on the top of the first, but as you said, in the, the bottom of the first, uh, the, I see Houston's got the bases loaded, you know, so they've already got Atlanta's pitcher sweating. 
uh, ready to uh, ready to tie this game up here. So let's see if the pitcher can get out of the inning. But I I I've I've Houston winning it uh, as well. It's like, kind of like um what my heart what my heart wants Atlanta to win it um, because I think Freddie Freeman's hilarious and I like Ronald Acuna Jr. And then um, uh, but my head's telling me Houston's just going to win it that they're the better team. But we'll see here. You know they just got themselves out of this inning. You know bases were loaded, but they they managed to uh, uh, made him ground uh, ground out of uh, Round out to first here, so we'll see. It'll be an interesting series. I, I I don't I don't know how long I don't know if it'll go seven. We'll see. I hope it does because you know me. I love seven games. Uh, whatever. If we get to seven games in anything, I think it's I think game sevens are just awesome. So they're super electric. But back to you, Eric. Yeah, man. I think it's it'll be fun to watch the series. Um, I think both from what I can tell. I mean, I don't know too much about baseball, but but they both look like really competitive. Like they can hang against each other. So. I don't know. It, I'm going to take this opportunity to kind of get more into baseball. And, like, obviously it's the end of the season, but maybe uh, we'll watch a game together. We'll even we'll even talk about it on the podcast. And uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram, we might even have videos up on there about it. So, um, but, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Something else that's going on, too. Um, I don't think they're playing tonight, actually. Um, but our Washington Wizards, off to a pretty decent start. Uh, from what I can tell, I mean, we won two, we lost to the Nets on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kevin, Kevin Durant just kind of, I almost said Garnett, but Kevin Durant kind of took that game over and, uh, as he tends to do and took the Nets to win. But, uh, Lauren, what did, what did you see on, on Friday with that game? Yeah. So Friday, they just jumped out on us. It's kind of like they knew we were coming to town um, and kind of were ready for us. Kevin Durant did his thing. The biggest thing, God, I, that, the that, biggest surprise was Patty Mills. That game was Monday, guys. That game was Monday. What did I say? Oh, oh sorry. Friday, got, fr- Friday, we won against the, uh, 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 what team was it? We beat, oh, the, we beat the we beat the Raptors on uh, Wednesday. We beat the Pacers on we Friday. We beat the Indiana oh, Pacers on yeah. Friday. Did I, I got confused was, on okay, Friday because yeah. of the article yeah. about yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So we beat the we beat the Pacers in overtime. But yeah, on Monday when we lost to Brooklyn, they just jumped out. I, it looked like it just kind of you know, to me it looked like they we were coming in here two and zero. You know, the talk of the town, kind of like kind of hot, and they just they just they just jumped out and beat us. Uh, Patty Mills off the bench went five of nine, had twenty one five of nine from three point range, had twenty one had twenty one points. Brad was just coming back off a hip injury. Um, the the coach kind of said it uh, that his legs still were, weren't kind of under, under him just yet, and who knows how healthy he is. Um, he he only shot uh, three of thirteen from three point range with nineteen points. I kind of feel like if Brad's not pushing the envelope a little bit more, so like he uh, then or uh, like scoring a little bit more than uh, we need him to like you know three of thirteen from three point range. We need to hit at least three more of those uh, to I felt like to uh, to be relevant. But overall, starting out two and zero was really great. The team looks a lot better, drastically improved. Um, we are passing the ball more. We're still missing one of our key starters in Roy Hachimura. When he comes back, it'll be interesting to see how he folds in. Um, we've got guys playing really well. The story of that game to me was three point shooting only 23% from the field, uh, from the three point line. I mean, so I think that once we get, and we've, we've kind of, um, the, the Toronto game, we struggled from shooting from three as well. If I remember correctly, at the Indiana, we seemed to hit our, catch our stride. Um, when Spencer Dinwiddie went off, which was great. Seeing another player that can that can play that can play up to the uh, level that like we need Brad to almost we needed Brad to almost every night last year really is going to be impactful. I love um, Kyle Kuzma's willingness and ability to go grab boards and put it back. 
He is he he crashes the boards. I love it. He doesn't stand there and watch the ball bounce around. I think he he um but I like that. I like that defensive presence he brings. I love and I love um Montrez Harrell. When we picked him up, I loved I loved that pickup. Um yeah, to me the biggest thing was three point shooting that game. We just couldn't hit three pointers if if uh if we can get that we can get that percentage up like Kuzma went 0 for five. Brad, like I said, went three for thirteen, which is just terrible. Uh you know, um no one else really was all that was really all that on fire. But I think what's and shooting comes, um, that comes the time. So I think, but I think the team looks drastically improved and drastically better. Uh, uh, and I think we're gonna we're gonna run a gauntlet here of Boston, Atlanta, Boston, Atlanta again. And they were two of the top teams last year. So we'll see how we. This will be a good little measuring stick kind of uh, next four games here, where we play the same teams twice to see kind of how we do against them and and how we play. So, but I'll talk, AJ. What do you What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with much of that assessment. Uh, nice, nice job using the Ron Rivera measuring stick language, by the way. Um, I, I was, uh, but I think uh, I think the story of that last of that game on uh, Monday was that uh, against the Nets was just the bad was just poor shooting. Um, you know, sometimes you have an off night, uh, and it just seemed like that like it was that way for everybody. Um, on Wednesday, on the home opener, the uh, Washington was extremely impressive, up by around twenty points for most of the game, um, which you know. I have to say, I expected Washington to be improved. I think I, I gave you guys, my um, our listeners, our, our my prediction um, last week that I thought that uh, we were going to be a, a above fifty, um, above five hundred team by the end of by the end of the year. Um, and if we play up to our potential, I think we can. I think we really have a legit chance of getting there um, based on what we saw the first two games of the season. Um, when folks are not shooting twenty five percent from the field uh, <laughs> in general, like uh, we have a we have a real shot. Um, I think. What was extremely encouraging was on Friday uh, with Bradley Beal sidelined with a groin injury, um, the team really came together and and won a won a game without him. Uh, you know, a, a game in which he which he completely sat out. Uh, and uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie really stepped up. Uh, that guy is, has proven himself to be a, a huge stud so far throughout the season. Um, not only in the things that like you know your solid basketball skills, of course, which he has a lot of. Um, he hit lots of threes. The other thing I was super, but the thing I was super impressed about was his ability to 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 rise to the occasion in the clutch. I mean, in, in that in that game against the Pacers, it was a very close game down the stretch, uh, trading baskets left and right, and uh, right at the you know when we needed a big basket, here here comes Spencer Dinwiddie hitting a thirty footer, um, you know, to take the lead off of a you know off of a nice uh, crossover dribble with a little hesitation, step back, and just buries it. Um, you know, that's the type of stuff you want to see. You want to see that killer instinct in your, in your players. Um, and you know, uh, you know, I've said this before about Brad uh, on this podcast, and I'm sure I'll say it again. Brad doesn't always have that. Uh, you know, it, like he really relied on John Wall to hit those, t- or to take those game winning types of shots. Uh, Paul Pierce, the one season when he was in Washington took those types of shots. Uh, but Brad sort of falters a, a lot in those moments. Um, and Spencer, it's really encouraging to see that we have a player in Spencer Dinwiddie who can step up and hit those types of, hit those types of threes. Uh, I'm excited to see where this where this team goes in the future. Uh, you know, for the rest of the season, I think I think we're going to see. Um, uh, I think we're going to be pretty promising. I one of the things I really like about this, and, and maybe Lauren, you could talk about this a little more. Uh, we our our big men are very very intimidating. Uh, Daniel Gafford, uh, uh, relative rookie coming out of Chicago, uh, just signed him to an extension for a couple of years for for a cool eighty million, um, and uh, or sorry forty million, um, and he is. Uh, you know, he has said, you know, I'm just looking for a home someplace that, you know, that will support me and, you know, let me do my thing. Uh, he's found that in Washington and, uh, and the young man is eating, uh, I, you know, he, he throws some ferocious dunks down 
and uh, he has set some. He has absolutely volleyball spiked a couple of blocks into the stands uh, so far this year. And then right on top of that, you know, we added Montrez Harrell during the uh, for the the trade for Russell Westbrook in the offseason that sent him to L.A. and gave us back uh, Harold Kuzma and Kentavious Caldwell Pope. And uh, and and wow, uh, Harold has has proven to be a spark in these in these first three games. Uh, he, the man just comes with energy, uh, you know, at the risk of sounding too much like Drew Gooden. Uh, but you kind of miss uh, you kind of miss those, uh, you know, those players that can really, um, you know, pump your pump your crowd up. That's why Thomas Bryant is one of the reasons why Thomas Bryant, who's currently injured, is so beloved in, in D.C. is because of that, uh, the energy he brings in. And to have Trez uh, step up and bring that here has been has been really refreshing. Not to mention, obviously, the the plays. I mean, the man's able to score. The man's able to play defense uh, quite well. Uh, so, so yeah, all around, I, I'm impressed with the, I'm impressed with Washington overall. Super impressed with their big man. Excited to see what what we might look like if we get Thomas Bryant back without trading him away. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Lauren, wh- what do you think about uh, about your? I think I think I said we're definitely going to be above 500 uh, after the first three games. Uh, do you have any revision of your of your 40 game estimate or or what's your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think we'll be close to forty. I don't, man. I, I want to say we're going to get forty, but I just don't think we will. I think we'll be between thirty to thirty to forty, or uh, in that in that range. I don't I don't know if we'll crack forty. We might get close, but it really, I'll know more after we see a few more. After after that, I feel like this gauntlet of teams we run and just how healthy we are. You know, the season to me starts at like most people always say it starts after the All Star break. So we'll see we'll see where we're at there, and we'll see how we're playing. But at the way it looks now. I think I think over 30 wins for sure. I think definitely going to be uh, worst case scenario going to be like an eighth seed, seventh seed. But I think best case scenario we could challenge for a fifth or a sixth seed and and really put, kind of push teams to the to the brink. Um, the big men, uh, what you what you what you what you were uh, talking about is I, in the NBA. I've always felt like or the NBA they do this. They pay you for what you could be. Right. They pay you. They, they You're kind of raw and undeveloped. And that's what that's what Daniel Gafford is. We know what Montrez Harrell is. He's a six previous six man of the year. He could be starting, but we're paying Daniel Gafford because of his explosiveness that you need a guy coming off the bench to kind of keep the second team kind of keep the, the second five guys coming off to, to, to help them kind of stay calm keeping control. You need a score, you know, so, you know, Montrez having him coming off the bench is a big deal. So I kind of, I like their, I like our big men. I think they're dangerous. They're not traditional, you know, like the NBA now wants you to pull all big men out and hit threes. We're not probably not going to be doing that very much, but I think that we're so deep at the, all the way up to the four that we can. So like, you know, we can, we can really ISO down in the paint really well with Gafford and, um, and uh, uh, Montrez. And then on top of that, adding a really skilled, a, a different, Really skilled point guard in Spencer Dinwiddie was is going to be do phenomenal things for their career um, for for Montrez. I mean Montrez just I mean I mean um, Daniel's Daniel just got paid so it, you know I figured it was going to help him but he just he just got his money anyway so it, it, uh, only adding that only adding a person like that to the team at, just helps them even more so but over back to you Eric what do you think? Um, again, not too over some basketball but I have seen um, parts of the game so like. I don't tend to watch them all the way through, um, just because I end up like ending. I end up doing other things uh, at the end of the day, but um, I watched some of the Raptors game. Um, and well, first off, screw Drake for getting uh, our big man a technical. That was <laughs> uh, but whatever. Uh, I think. I mean, we look exciting and we look cohesive. We look like a team, um, from what I can tell, and. I got to give credit also to the coach. I mean, he's he's our new coach. I think he's doing a phenomenal job of, like, understanding the pieces that he has in place and, like, 
giving them getting them in place to do what they need to do to excel. Um, and, you know, thankfully, Bradley Beal isn't the only guy that we have now, apparently. Like, we have other people, clearly, who can who can make, like, who can score and who can, you know, help the team along. Um, Dinwiddie, from what I have seen, is, like, dude, he looks legit to me. I mean, from my untrained eye, like, he seems like one of those point guards who can hold the team down. So, I'm excited to see what happens with the Wizards. Um, me and my pops are planning to, like, watch more of the games um, when we're not watching soccer. and. I think, you know, I think it'd be an awesome season for us to even go to go to a game, like make our way out there and check one out live. So I'm looking at ticket prices as we speak. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to add a couple of things just so our listeners who may not watch uh, all the sports that we watch know. Uh, so Drake is a partial owner of the Toronto Raptors uh, and uh, Drake, the, you know, obviously the famous, the famous rapper. Uh, and uh, he, um, he was at the game because it was the home opener on uh, last Wednesday and uh, uh, Montrez Harrell and he started to like started to trash talk after a timeout at one point. Uh, and apparently, so here's, here's what Trez said after the game, what Trez said after the game was, first of all, I just don't, I don't want the whole city of Toronto to be after me. I wasn't talking trash to Drake Me and Drake are cool. I was talking like, it was when it like things started to heat up when one of the coaches for the other team started talking trash to him. That's what he said. So, so, you know, uh, you know, for all for our listeners in Toronto who are, might be Toronto fans, uh, please don't get mad at Montrezl Harrell. He wasn't uh, mad at Drake. Uh, then the other thing I was going to say is, if you haven't seen a, da- a Daniel Gafford dunk yet, you need to watch um, some more Washington Wizards basketball. He looks like uh, uh, how many of you guys have seen on like the on like the Discovery Channel, like when a whale, like one of those giant sperm whales, just just like rockets out of the ocean and just like flops back down to the, to the water. <laughs> That's what Montrez hair looks like when he goes up for a dunk, man. Just like, just That's like terrifying. Ooh. Just like, just, and then just the flush. It's, it's a thing of beauty. You guys got to check it out. Uh, yeah. Bullish on the, I'm, I'm buying the Washington wizards uh, right now. I'm, I'm, I'm laying it down. Uh, so, so yeah, come check them out. There you go. I want to sh- I want to show some love to the other Washington team that's playing right now. Well, not today, but you know their season started. The Washington Capitals, um, they're off to a fantastic start. We are four and two right now. Our two losses are in overtime. They were against the Lightning and the Flames. But for example, we just came off beating the the Senators. Um, Ovechkin scored. He just admitted in an interview he scored that uh, his goal against the Senators with a broken stick. That's nuts. Oshie had a hat trick that game as well. Um, Ovechkin is currently the the gold leader in the NHL. He's at seven. Um, I mean, we've got one of the best players in the league. Super exciting to watch. Um, hopefully, it's another good season. Well, uh, but AJ, what do you what are you thinking about the Caps? Yeah, man. I, I think um, you know. Obviously, right now we're in the midst of uh, you know the sports uh, golden triangle uh, where we have like. NFL games, NBA games, MLB games, NHL games all being played at once. I guess it's not a triangle. That's a quadrangle. Whatever. It doesn't matter. One of those One of those uh, polygons. Uh, but in any case, uh, uh, so we can't spend all, you know, there's just too much sports to watch all at once. Uh, so I would love to talk more about the Caps, and I'm sure we will uh, as, as time goes on. But what I do want to note is Ovechkin is one of the best players in NHL history, um, and uh, he's going to go down as such. We have a really great storyline, not just with the Capitals playing well, um, and especially not with exciting prospects like Oshie uh, out there threatening goals, uh, you know, on his own. 
we also have the fact that uh, Alex Ovechkin has a chance to catch Wayne Gretzky uh, for the go- all-time uh, goal scorers list. Um, so right now, Alex Ovechkin stands at uh, 737, um, and Gretzky is at 894. Um, so Gretzky, I think Alter, I, th- I think Ovechkin has another five or four or five years on his deal, um, which means that that uh, that goal that goal total is in play, um, and so. When when Ovechkin rips off seven goals in five games, uh, you know that's you know, he's threatening. He's threatening right now, and you know who knows. You know, it's it's uh, NHL hockey is a punishing sport. Uh, you know, not everybody. You know, who knows what, at what point you know the cliff the cliff edge comes, and he's just not able to produce like he has been. Um, but from what he's shown so far this season, uh, Alex Ovechkin is in full Alex Ovechkin uh, mode, and uh, the wolf is out here to hunt. So. Uh, so yeah, the capital so, is exciting. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see if he, if he can catch him. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lauren. For context. So before the season started, I was curious if he could catch him too. He has to score roughly 50 goals over the next four seasons, roughly give or take. Um, um, and now a 50 goal season in for those of you that don't listen to hockey is rare. Like, I think, I don't know how many Alex has, he has a couple, I think, but he did it in like kind of his, I think like in his prime, like a couple of years ago, but out to a jumped out to seven seven goals this fast. That's a that's a great start to the season. It's a long season. We'll see how it goes, but I definitely want him to catch. I, I definitely think he. I, I'm I'm definitely pulling for him to catch him as well. Is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, I, I'm a big numbers guy, so I, I dug into the weeds to see how many goals. I think I think it was around fifty a season. It might give or take, maybe give or take a goal or two, maybe give or take a little bit. But yeah, because uh, um, but I think he can do it. And hopefully, he does. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. I know. I know all three of us will be rooting for him, and uh, there's plenty of hockey to 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 watch and talk about as we move forward. Oh, Eric, can I? I'm sorry. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. Uh, did anybody uh, pay any attention to the fact that Liverpool just put the smackdown on uh, Manchester United, uh, beating them five nil last this past week? Yeah, five nil, and that's a team with Cristiano Ronaldo on it. By the mm. way, yeah. Yep. Oh man, that's crazy. So, so can I give context for this story? Okay, yeah. so we go to one of our favorite restaurants is a as a Spanish restaurant only uh um Sol Azteca. And it's what I I've been at that restaurant since I was since I moved since my parents moved only and whatever it was when it started out there. But anyway, since it's been a soul, we go there just about every other Sunday. And they always have soccer on at the bar area. Well, no one sits in the bar area, but they have like these nice booths. So we always go sit in the bar area because no one's in there, so we can see the TVs. So I'm looking at the TV and I'm like, oh. Up, oh, they beat them four to zero. Wow, they put a whooping on them. Man, that game, that's insane. And then and then it's like halftime's over. They're they're going out to start. And I'm like, it's four to zero at half. Like that is I thought that was incredible. And Ronaldo got a goal taken off, by the way, for an offsides penalty. That was absolutely insane, too. But anyway, it had just been five to one at that point. But yeah, no, it was it was insane. Um Salah's, you know, as doing his his thing, you know, it was just it was it was wild seeing that. I thought the game was over and it was halftime at four to zero. So you know, the, and then they got um, I can't remember who got a red card, uh, but uh, for man, but then they got then they got a red card like in the 60th minute and had to play ten down and stuff. So it just was a bad day for them, bad bad look. Yeah, I I just wanted to flag that uh, Mo Salah's playing out of his mind. Uh, he's playing like he's playing out of his mind football. A key, uh, you know, for the if, even if you don't care that much about the English Premier League, uh, which I don't know why you wouldn't care about them, but uh, if you're a sports fan, uh, one thing that I've learned recently is that the ownership group that owns Liverpool is the same group that owns the Red Sox, um, and so the 
cap the pool of money that's being used to pay the players in, in Boston is the same pool of money that's being used to play the players in Liverpool. So uh, Salah's contract is up this year. It's a big storyline whether they're going to pay him or not. Um, and uh, at this point, the way he's playing, I don't see how you can't. I mean, just for heaven's sakes, just give him half the team at this point. Um, but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, I thought that was an important storyline we should hit on. No, I mean, to elaborate even further on, like, the potential uh, success that Man United can have, um, I mean, Man U- Manchester United was down 2-0 to zero against Atalanta. They're um, they're an Italian team. Uh, they were down 2-0 to zero against them in the Champions League uh, matchup that they had, like, a couple days ago, uh, last Wednesday. Um, they came back, and they won 3-2. to two. So... Um, Liverpool also won, I believe, their Champions League matchup against um, Atletico, uh, Atletico Madrid, which was a great matchup as well. Salah, opening goal. I mean, the guy's nuts. So, um, you know, it would be super exciting to see both of them play in the Champions League against each other because you know it's going to be good. Like, especially after that last game that they just had, you know it's going to be crispy. So, we'll see what happens. Soccer's. They call it the beautiful game for a reason. Uh, but we're going to move on and look forward to another beautiful game. Uh, well, kind of beautiful. It's also kind of brutal. But week eight of the NFL. Um, our beloved Baltimore Ravens are on a bye week this week, so we will not have to worry about any Lamar Jackson go post moving, I don't think, unless there's a way for them to kind of spin winning the uh, the bye week. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I will touch very quickly on the Jets versus Bengals games. Uh, do not bet any money on the Jets ever for the next foreseeable <laughs> nine weeks. Um, we are horrible. Our offensive play call is atrocious. Our defense is lost without C.J. Mosley. The coaching staff cannot prepare for a game to save their life. I get it. They're all first-time head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, rookie quarterback. We just don't look competitive. It's bad. It's ugly. Zach Wilson's out two to four weeks of PCL sprain. Our top six starting linebackers are out, um, meaning that I'm actually leaving from this podcast to go play for us at middle linebacker. You guys will catch me out there. And uh, R.I.P. Sam. R.I.P. <laughs> we're bad. We are so bad. But on the bright side, Geno Smith is helping the Jets out still by losing to the Saints and giving us a higher draft pick from Seattle that we got for Blitzboy, best in the nation. Um, and Zam Darnold is making us look like geniuses. So thank you to that. Uh, AJ, anything you want to impart on this? Um, no, I think uh, my, you know, my outlook isn't quite as uh, bad for the Jets. Uh, you know, I mean, I can understand the, the mindset of wanting them to tank at this point, try and get the better draft picks. As far as I'm concerned, though, I mean, a team in the NFL is a team in the NFL, and I don't think they're as bad as they were last year. Um, so, you know, they could probably still win some games. Uh, if you, if, if our listeners recall, I, I did sort of call the, the Tennessee Titans victory when, uh, when both AJ Brown and, um, and Julio Jones went out, um, in our, but it was only in our group chat. It wasn't on the thing. Cause I didn't know the injury report yet. Cause that didn't come out until Friday, but, uh, but on Friday I said, Hey, they could steal this one and they did. And so, you know, I, I don't think I'm not quite as, uh, bearish on the, on the, on the jets. Uh, I think they're, they're not. They're they're a bad football team right now, but they could be good, um, and they can win games. So, uh, so yeah, that's 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 all my two cents on the on the team. Lauren, you got anything to add? 
That's kind of you, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I can't say too much being a Washington football team fan. You know, we find good ways to lose games as well and not show up and not plan well. You know, good stuff, good stuff. We're kind of in the same boat here, going along up the same river. But, no, uh, so for it's going to be interesting is on Sunday I'm actually going to be traveling, and I have a layover flight in in Chicago, Illinois. And guess what's legal in Chicago, Illinois? Marijuana. Betting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know marijuana was legal there. Anyway, I'll look into that later. Uh, it so, isn't. Uh, it isn't. Not in Chicago. Oh, okay. So good. Not going to get arrested. Oh, yeah, right. it, is. So, it is. It is. It is in Chicago? It is. It's legal in Chicago. Oh, okay. Bet. Don't ask me how I know that. Okay. I won't. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no. So what I'm thinking is I might run a little bit of a parlay bet here and uh, bet that the uh, – the Bengals beat the bricks off you guys. But, yeah, that's about it if I bet on this game. So <laughs> that about sums up the Bengals killing it. Um, so the spread is spread is uh, minus 10. The money line is minus 475, and the over-under is 43. But I just think that the the, the, the Bengals will, the Bengals will, will take this one. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, we just lost yeah. by 41 points. So, But 43? You might use, so you're taking the over? I'm taking yeah, the under on absolutely. 43. Good no, grief. I'm taking the over. No, taking the over. I think Jamar. I think I think I think uh, Jamar, uh, uh, what's it? Um, oh, I can't. I can say the quarterback. That, uh, Joe Burrow is going to have three touchdown passes at least. Jamar Chase probably has two touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, hundred some yards. He's going to go over two hundred yards. Yeah, but still, oh, yeah. that's not forty three points. I mean, good grief. I mean, we might put up another thirteen, and then all they got to put up that's... is like <laughs> twenty eight. <laughs> Or 30. <laughs> we might put up another 13. After New England just hung 54 on you. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking about the spread, not the not the over-under. My bad. Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, that's yeah, not yeah. a bad over-under, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah that's not know. a bad over-under. My bad. I'm sorry. I was tripping. Uh, I was tripping. Yeah, no, I think I think I think Bengals Bengals clean this up. Sorry, Eric. It's just so what here's where I here's where I know you have great optimism is that this is your first year rebuilding. Like you didn't have any expectations going into this year, except just go out there and just see what you can do. But you're rebuilding. You've got picks. You're moving in the right forward. I mean, right forward. You're in the right direction, which is forward. You've got um, those, what, you got two two uh, top ten first round picks right now, yep. I think? Uh, we, yeah. We've got the fourth. No, the yeah, the fourth and the eighth overall picks right now. Which is amazing. That, I mean, that's how you rebuild the team. Rebuild the team. That's the way you do it. you got your quarterback. Just hopefully he's not seriously hurt, can make it out of the season, and you just keep going from there. You know, you're I I I always say to rebuild, you need at least three years to see some sort of positive direction. The first year is always the roughest, so we'll see we'll see what happens. But. Yeah, you know, just just like uh, the Seventy Sixers, you know, trust the process. Trust the process. That's right. <laughs> oh man, I mean, well, speaking about um, speaking on trusting the process and like um, moving forward and whatnot, we'll. we'll Washington football team. Um, you guys play the Broncos this week. Um, you've, y'all have had two rough matchups back-to-back weeks with the Chiefs and the Packers. Um, I mean, I'll let you guys talk about it first because I feel like there's there's more attention to detail on your end for that. Um, Lauren, I mean, what are you taking away from this game first? What are you thinking? So I I laid too much faith in the Broncos in their first three wins, but as AJ's alluded to all uh, past podcasts that they were against softies. So um, we kind of we had offered. It almost felt like Green Bay. We had moments where we could win that game, like not not win the game, but I mean like moments where we could have played better. Like 
Taylor Heineke not taking a knee at the one yard line. You know, the score could have looked a little bit more familiar, like looked a little bit better, I guess is what I'm, I'm saying here. And, you know, we held Aaron Rodgers and, and Green Bay to 24 points, which is like, you hear that, like, you, that like oh, they scored 24 and you like, you know, that's, that's a lot. And it's like, well, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. That's, I feel like they you they typically hang like closer to thirty on on most on most people you know twenty six is it is it isn't terrible I had us uh, so before the season started when I did my whole season rundown I had us winning this game well, we are the underdogs the spread is spread is minus three um, in in favor of the Broncos the money lines uh, uh, minus one sixty for Broncos but plus one forty for the for the Washington football team the over under is forty four my fear is that the our offense has struggled of as of late now. I think last week could have been a better offensive showing out if, you know, the not the kneeling and some of the bad play calling or the drop pass. A lot of people talked about that this yesterday and today was the Terry McLaurin, the ball hitting him in the chest or hands in the end zone. So um, it was a bad throw by Taylor also with the Adam Humphreys interception, which is funny. Uh, I turned to AJ and said, why didn't he throw that to the back pylon? Like that's a back pylon throw. And then Ron Rivera got on, on a radio this morning on the radio. I listened to him on Tuesday morning. He goes, Oh yeah, he's supposed to make that throw to the back pylon. He didn't throw it there, and I was like, "Exactly." So I don't know. I, I I'm gonna stick with my guns, and that's just because that's the kind of the kind of guy I am. I'm I'm gonna go down with my ship. So I had us winning this game when the season started. So I got us winning this game. I think it's a, I think we go in there. Um, the I think Teddy's still banged up. We'll see who they start. I think that our off, our D line is gonna have another good game. We sacked Aaron Rodgers twice. Shout out to Jonathan Allen having a great year. I think we either I think Teddy's hurt and he showed it against the Browns. He can't he's not as mobile as he used to be. And I think if they start Drew Locke, he does I th- I don't think he's very mobile either. I think I think I think we go in there and we beat him. I think it'll be ugly, but I think we we go we get a we uh squeak out a win here. But what about you, AJ? Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I think um, you know, I think the Washington football team is a bad football team. Um it's not a good organization. Uh and right now, uh, we've got we've got pieces in place that could play well. And I think you've seen flashes of got against you know the first half against KC and and you know sort of hanging with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay uh, during the first half last the last game. Um, so they could be good. Uh, but I think the story of the Washington Football Team right now is mediocrity. I think you know there's just no uh, there's no uh, sort of killer instinct on this team. There's no like way of of uh, you know, you just have no faith in them to go out and win a game, right? So it makes them hard to pick, makes them unpredictable. Um, I, but I, but at the same time, I have to, I have to say these Denver Broncos are are also a bad football team. Um, and so if I have to bet, if I have to bet one way or the other, uh, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Washington in this, in this matchup. Uh, we still have, you know, we've got JD McKissick, we've got Antonio Gibson out there running around. Terry McLaurin's fine. Uh, if Taylor Heineke can manage to throw him the ball in a place that he can catch it, uh, as we saw, and, you know, we saw another example of him making yet another contested catch for a touchdown last week against Green Bay. Uh, you know, I think I think our team's got the better the, the better tools. I know I I've heard uh, I heard last week. I don't know if this is true yet uh, this week, obviously because it's only Tuesday. But last week I heard that um, Jerry Judy was going to be available for this week. So that's that's obviously a huge problem for Washington, especially missing uh, William Jackson uh, as we have been. Um, but you know, Jerry Judy's not. It's not like he's you know he's not he's no uh, DK Metcalf or something. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's possible. It's, it's, uh, it's a winnable game, I think for Washington. Uh, will they go out and execute? Who, who the hell knows? Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking Washington uh, in this, in this matchup uh, against perhaps my better judgment, just because I think that I've, I've been, I've sold hard on Denver, even, even when they were winning games. Uh, I, I just can't bring myself to pick them now. 
Uh, Eric, how about you? It's interesting for me because, like, so I get to detach myself a little bit more from the Washington team when I watch them, right? And um, my biggest, the biggest spot that I've been watching for y'all, and I feel like I've talked about it a couple times, has been your linebackers. Um, I remember early on in the year just telling you guys your linebackers all look lost. Um, uh, Bostich was, like, all over the place. Holcomb, sometimes he just looked, like, um, he, he, he looked outperformed in terms of, like, athletic ability at times. And your rookie was like learning on the fly. So um, I the one thing that I've noticed the last two consecutive weeks has been uh, Jamin Davis is looking more involved in the game. So you can tell that he's kind of getting his feet underneath him. Um, he gave up the touchdown um, in coverage, I believe, to Tunyon at one point. Um, I think that was him. Um, like down there in the red zone. But Covering a tight end is kind of a tough thing to do no matter what position you play, especially in today's league. But he looks like he's coming along. Um, Jonathan Allen's been having a great year. The one thing I'm noticing is the attention that teams are giving Chase Young. And, like, so we haven't really heard a bunch about him. Like, you know, he's he was so hyped up last year, one defensive rookie of the year. Um, and everybody's like, not everybody, but you'll hear people now say, like, Chase Young is having a down year. And it's like, well, I mean – He's having a down year the same way, in the same sense that, like, Joey Bosa was having a down year last year before he got injured. Like, I mean, these guys who are just, the moment they step on the field, you know that they're going to take over. So Chase Young is opening room for Darren Payne or Jonathan Allen. Even Montez Sweat got in on the action last week uh, when he had a sack on Rodgers. Um, I think Bridgewater is a lot more easy to get to this week than Rodgers is. I mean, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in his own end zone scrambling for Montez Sweat and toss a no-look pass um, or, like, run for it. I, I 100% don't believe that's happening. Um, so, I, I mean, I still got to go Washington on this one. I think this is a game where the defense actually looks like what you guys were hoping for. Uh, I know Judy is – I think he's about 60-40 for this week. Um, I only know that because he's on IR in one of my fantasy leagues. RIP to my fantasy season. Um but I, I don't like the only bright spot Denver has on offense right now. I would say is Javante Williams, um, who's a rookie running back, and Noah Fant's kind of having himself a nice year. Cortland Sutton's been kind of quiet, um, and they're absolutely loaded at at DB. So I'm excited to see McLaurin make all four of their top cornerbacks, who are all amazing, look mediocre because that's what Scary Terry does. Um, I think Heineke just has to minimize his mistakes. And that's that's not just turnovers. I think that's the mental the mental side of it. Like like Lauren was saying, where do you locate? Like where do you place the ball? Do you kneel at the one? Like all these little moments. Like that's all in your head. He needs to slow it down. He needs to just trust that his players are going to make plays. I mean, he tossed it up to McLaurin. He made a hell of a catch. So um, I think this this is one of those weeks where you guys kind of fine tune things and feel out where you're at and try to like grasp your season by the horns before you go into heavier games, but I'm going with Washington here. Uh-huh. Uh, real quick side note. Um, so we've, uh, we've had injuries at our, on, on our, on our offensive side of the ball, like a wide receiver. So our receivers have been kind of hobbled a little bit with knee injuries and such, but uh, we lost Logan, Tom- Logan Thomas, who was going to be a big red zone threat. You saw that in game one against San Diego where Ter- where he threw a great, great ball to him. Heineke did. He just went up and got it because Heineke likes to throw balls high. Anyway, we'll about, talk about that later, but he's supposed to be back this week. Uh, or well, the rumor mill is he could play uh, on Sunday. So having him back would be a big, big – if he comes back, that would be a huge, huge – 
credit to our offense because I, I um, but Ricky Seals Jones has stepped up well. You know, he's played well. He's played very well. It says itself. But imagine having both of those big, big bad boys out there trotting them out. So anyway, just something to look at and keep your eye on as the week goes on. I want to talk about uh, moving forward, your division rival, the Cowboys. Um, they look like a legit team. Dak Prescott is in the in the talk for MVP. Um, he's having a good season back. If anything, I know bare minimum he can win comeback player of the year. Um, but they're playing against a Minnesota Vikings team that is better. They're playing better than their record would indicate. Um, they've lost a couple close games, uh, won a couple close games. Um, and, I mean, I just like to bring up the Vikings too because, I mean, they they have AJ's favorite quarterback, the one that he loves to talk about all the time. Um Loki would draft him first overall in the fantasy league if he could. Kirk Cousins, um, AJ, how are you feeling about this matchup? Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, in case it's not clear from uh, the tone, uh, I hate Kirk Cousins. Um, which is to say that I don't actually just—I'm not a hater. I don't hate anybody, uh, or at least not not any of the players. Any of that, not like that. Anyhow, um, talk to me about basketball. I got I got some basketball players I actually do hate, but. Um, but uh, but for football players, I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins at all. I don't think he's uh, very good. Uh, I think he. Uh, I think uh, maybe we can maybe we'll have a chance to talk about this a little bit in the future. But I think he has perfected a formula of being uh, mediocre at quarterback and just getting paid for being mediocre. Maybe that's what you want, but it, I don't know. It just seems like his he's not lived up to his contract thus far in Minnesota, um, and uh, you know that is what it is. So let's set that aside for a second. Uh, I just think Dallas is going to go in there and beat Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's defense is all that great. Uh, it's, it's, it's decent. It's not bad. Uh, it's not good either. And the Dallas Cowboys just have, they have a good offense. Um, there's no way around that. Um, you know, uh, CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's just, the, the list goes on. Um, and, uh, and so I just expect, um, uh, I just I expect the Cowboys offense to be able to steamroll the steamroll the Minnesota Vikings defense. Um and then the thing that the uh on the other side of the ball, um, you know, I expect Trayvon Diggs to continue doing Trayvon Diggs things. Uh people keep testing him and he keeps picking the ball off. Uh I don't see I don't see Adam Thielen or sorry, I don't see uh Kirk Cousins making wise enough decisions to prevent that. So um so I'm I'm going with Dallas this week. Uh Lauren, how about you? Yeah, I'm rolling out with Dallas as well. Right now, from um, all the betting lines are coming from Caesars Sportsbook, odds by Caesars Sportsbook. But right now, Dallas is the favorite at minus uh, two and a half, so three point spread. Uh, money lines minus one forty. The over under is fifty five. So Dallas is the odds on is the odds on favorite here. I think that um, as Eric said, the Vikings are playing better than their their, their schedule would indicate uh, than their than their record indicates. But I think Dallas just has it this year. You know their offense is is electric. If you can't if you can't score, you can't keep up with them. They're averaging thirty four points a game, thirty four points a game. So they find ways to score. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna run up the the, the score on you. And I just don't think the Vikings defense is gonna be able to slow them down or, or stop them at all. Um, as AJ said, Trayvon Diggs is playing well. We'll see. I think I think it'll be the 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 looks like the odds cast that has it as about a 50-50 game. Um the or the um matchup predictor on ESPN. But uh I think Dallas I think Dallas goes in there goes it goes in there and beats him. I just don't see people stopping their offense right now. 
I think they can, as they proved against New England, they can score when they need to score. They can put up points in a hurry. Um, and so uh, I think they just, they, they, that offense is just dangerous. And I, I don't see anybody stopping the Cowboys. That and they're rolling. So I don't see anybody stopping the Cowboys anytime soon. Um, I just don't think Kurt, uh, the, the Vikings do enough to beat them on either side of the ball. Um, I think that Dallas just scores and keeps scoring. So what about you, Eric? Yeah, I think the other thing that's um, that's kind of flying under the radar right now, just because uh, they, I mean, Cowboys have Amari Cooper, they have Ezekiel Elliott, they have C.D. Lamb, uh, Dalton Schultz is kind of emerging as the next like tight end for them. Uh, Michael Gallup is coming back this week. Um, he just he he was designated to return from IR. He's been at practice today. Uh, he's been out since week one. Um, last year, without without Bas- uh, without uh, Prescott, um, he had like over 800 yards, um, and he's a thousand yard receiver too. So, I mean, that's just another weapon to add into that, that stable. Um, their defense looks, I'm not going to say their defense looks elite per se, but I mean, I feel like their defense does enough. The biggest thing to watch this week for me will be, um, how they match up against Dalvin cook, who I think is coming back from injury as well. Um, so that's kind of a boost for that Vikings offense, but, um, Vikings tend to lean more into the run game, and I think they're going to have to lean away from that just to keep up. Because that, I mean, how do you stop the Cowboys' offense? It's just it's a well old machine right now. They're they're heating up, uh, so we'll see. I'm leaning with Cowboys. That's who I'm going with. But it's an it's definitely an interesting matchup to watch um, to see what happens. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I th- I'm pretty sure Trayvon Diggs has another reception this week, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him have two. If you're if you're into those types of uh, bets, hey. All right, moving on. Um, another divisional rival of y'all's is the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Detroit Lions. Um, I'm going to go right here and call it and say that the Lions are going to get the first win of the season. Um, this team has shown an insane amount of grit. I mean, they even hung in there against the, uh, the Rams uh, last week. If it wasn't for an interception that Goff threw at the end, I mean. Who knows what could have happened? They got two great running backs in DeAndre Swift, who's like an abs- who's having an absolute year, even though his team isn't. Jamal Williams was a sneaky good pickup. Um, Goff, I, I mean, he's a liability, but that's what you got to do. Um, lines lines are grittier than they look. Um, definitely grittier than their than their record shows. Um, so I'm going with the Lions to squeak out against uh, an a Eagles offense that just kind of looks kind of lost. Like Hertz, I, I think Hertz is he's hesitating. He's he seems unsure of what he's trying to do with the ball. He, do, he can't really seem to push it downfield. Um, Donovan, Donovan's or sorry, uh, Devontae Smith is like absolutely lost in the sauce as a rookie wide receiver. He just he can't get he can't get involved. Um, and they just lost Miles Sanders to an injury. So, um, I think Detroit sneaks one out here. Um, but Lauren, what do you think? Yeah, so looking at the odds here, the Eagles are the favorite at minus three and a half. So the spread's minus four. Money line's minus 180. Over-under is 48. Um, and for Detroit, it's plus 155 on the money line. I think I got the Eagles winning it. I think the, um, I think Detroit is – I think you're right. Detroit's been scrappy, and they've been real scrappy. But I just think Jalen Hurts does enough on his own to, to, to beat to beat them. Um, I think he's good enough to, to roll in there and beat them. They put up 22 on Tampa Bay, and they put up 22 on Las Vegas – I think they just. I think they. I think the the Eagles are also a scrappy team, and they can they can show some grit and they can show some fight when they have to. Um, 
I think that they'll I think they'll come out and they'll beat him. I think I think just Jalen Hurts does enough. I think he just does enough and he he can he can uh he can uh he he's gonna lead him to a victory. What about you, AJ? Man, I gotta say I'm really on the fence about this game. Uh the thing the thing it's it's maybe this is the heart head distinction here. Uh because like I really loved watching the, that Lions team last week. Uh they did what did they do? They did like <laughs> they were like, all right, look. Here's how we're gonna have any chance of beating the Rams. Onside kick. Make sure that they don't get, they don't ever get the ball on offense. Just that's what <laughs> that's what we're gonna do, right? So we were going for it on fourth down. We're kicking onside kicks at random times. We're throwing we're throwing two uh, fake punts in there. Like that's how you play football. Like, my man's my man's was like, look, we're doing. I don't care what this. We're gonna do everything we can to keep the off keep the offense off the field. They they were successful in, in a couple of those attempts, like. It was just an exciting football team to watch, uh, even though they're not getting wins. It's just you got to admire the grit. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you've got to think Philly's a more complete football team given the, the teams they played this year um, and uh, and what they've been able to do to win. Now, that being said, you know, as, you know, spe- and especially like you know the the game the Lions played against uh, against the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are a complete team, and they were able to shut them off. To, uh, you know, enough enough such that. The only thing that was able to beat them was a Justin Tucker miracle 60-yard field goal, uh, the longest field goal in NFL history. Uh, you know, so given that that's the case, I'm saying that the, the Detroit Lions last week performance will inspire them this week, and uh, I'm saying that they're I think I think they get their first one in the season against Philly this week. That's that's the that's the call. Nice, nice. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the interesting thing about the Lions is that like after the week that they had against the Rams, where they had an onside kick after their first touchdown, uh, a pass on fourth down when like out of a fake punt um, on that same possession, like how do you game plan for them? There's such a wild card. It's like they clearly want to win. Uh, Dan Campbell is thirsting for one, so I hope they get it this week, but. Uh, last game that we're going to touch on for this week in the in this section, uh, Browns versus Steelers is a good divisional game. There's a lot of hate between the two of them. Browns are a little beat up. I mean, so are the Steelers, but Steelers got Mike Tomlin, and he is that dude. Um, AJ, who you got? Yeah, you know we didn't we didn't talk about this, but uh, Mike Tomlin actually received a really uh, a question this week. Uh, from the media about uh, the potential of him coaching. I forget which uh, which college team it was, Eric. Do you remember? It was at USC, I think? USC, yeah. Yeah, they're talking about him going to coach at uh, University of Southern California, which is one of the more preten- uh, 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 prestigious, uh, you know, athletic programs in the country for football. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin was not having it. I mean, he said, you know, a couple of things that he said, if you get a chance, watch the clip, but a, a couple of things that he said was like, never. I mean, you never say never, but never is what it is like one of the things that he said. Another thing he said was like, you know, the, there's not a blank check an athletic booster can write that's big enough for me to do something like that. I have the I have the most uh, one of the best jobs in professional sports. Why would I give that up to go coach a college team? You know, does does what does he say? What did he say? Uh, does Sean Payton get this question? You know, does Andy Reid get this question? You know, no, it's just it's just me. I'm, you know, subtext being here being. You know, I'm the black coach, so that's so everyone thinks I got to go down to coach USC when I'm, you know, got one of the best jobs in sports. Uh, and he and he shut that down completely. So, you know, once again, shout out to Mike Tomlin. Uh, that man is he's the man, uh, you know, love him to death. Uh, 
but uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I think I have to take the Browns for this matchup just because uh, the Browns are a more secure football team. Anybody can run behind that offensive line for the, for the Cleveland Browns and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers just do not have it on offense this year. Uh, so I don't catch, I don't, um, I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers can keep up with the Browns ability to score um, especially in their running game. Um, and, uh, you know, despite the fact that we may be riding high on Keith K- K- Case Keenum here. Uh, <laughs> so in any case, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Browns in this one, guys. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Browns as well. Uh, looks like Vegas has Browns as the favorite uh, at uh, minus three, uh, minus three and a half uh, spread. And then the money line's minus 200. The over-under is 43. Uh, the money line for the Pittsburgh Steelers is plus 170. No, I think that the um, I think the Browns are, are a more complete teams as well. Um, they've we'll see how that we'll see what they do in case or if Baker comes back. Baker's pretty banged up. I don't know if he'll come back at all this season. Um, if he does, but the Browns are averaging 24 points a game. Talk about that running back uh, uh, Johnson last from last week um, stepped up. Uh, I can't uh, I can't remember his last I can't remember his last to Ernest, name. But uh, to Ernest Johnson. To Ernest, there it is. Uh, that's what I thought it was, but I want to butcher it. All right, yeah, put some so respect Johnson on his name. That's right. And so uh, you know he stepped up and played well. Case Keenan played well. And, you know if you can run the ball, if the Browns can run the ball successfully. So they don't. You know that doesn't matter who's a quarterback. He's handing the ball off, and that offensive line put uh, you know plastering holes everywhere. So. We'll see how much of a game record TJ Walk can be. Obviously, you have to game plan for him every single week. But, you know, he's going up against a great offensive line right now. Um, I think that the the Steelers have just scored, uh, uh, struggled to score. They barely beat the uh, they barely beat the Seattle Seahawks without Russell. So, you know, we'll see uh, uh, in overtime. So, um, I think that I think the Cleveland Browns come in here and, you know, this is a statement game for them. They like like Eric alluded to. They both hate each other. I think the Browns I think the Brown knows know know what's at stake here and they have to keep pace in the division. So they have to come out here and get a win and keep Pittsburgh at the bottom of the division. So I think they come out and they do it. I think their defense is better. I think they just have have all around better team. What about you, Eric? Yeah, no, I mean, (laughs) I love the Browns. I think they're a great team. Um, they have, they, they, on paper, they have all the pieces. Um, I think, I think Baker is exactly that level that people think he is. Um, some might say that he's overrated, but, um, I don't think he is, but, um, I gotta go with the Steelers. I think, I think the fact that it's a divisional rival and Tomlin just knows them so well, and they've played each other all the time. I think I think he sneaks one out here um, where he just outcoaches them, um, especially with you know I I think Chubb is still out, but but Hunt he might play. He's like fifty fifty because of the cap injury. Baker with that bad shoulder. I know that I know that Brown's offensive line is great. I mean that's no doubt. But I think I think the Steelers do enough here to like squeak one out. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, but I think the Steelers are going to take it. That's just my gut because I don't want to go against Mike Tomlin. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Um, but, yeah, those are all the games that we didn't necessarily disagree on, but we thought were interesting. Uh, Lauren, time for your speed round. Speed round, go. All right, so the Thursday night matchup we have here is the Green Bay Packers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Looks like Kyler Murray's probably going to get the start even though he was banged up. Um, the, the Cardinals are favored by, by a touchdown as of right now, uh, money line at, is minus 280 and the over under is set at 51, which is probably pretty, it's probably going to be a pretty high scoring affair, but Green Bay doesn't have, um, 
Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard. So we'll see if what Aaron, what kind of magic Aaron Rodgers can do. Uh, we all decided to go with Arizona for that reason um, on the money line. And then moving over to the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons, a game no one really wants to watch. Uh, looks like the Falcons are the favorite at minus three. Um, the spread, the money lines minus one sixty for the Atlanta and over under forty six. We all we all picked the Falcons on this. We just think that they're well, because of Matt Ryan and the way they've been, the way they they're on a two game winning streak right now. They'll just they'll just beat Carolina. Uh, also based off last week, you know Sam Darnold getting benched, uh, kind of them spiraling. Carolina seems to be spiraling out of control right now. So we think Atlanta's uh, Atlanta's going to take that one. Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo Bills are are the uh, heavy favorites right now, considering the fact they're leading the uh, AFC East in the standings. Um, they are the spread right now is minus four, uh, uh, fourteen points, and the, min, uh, the money line's minus nine hundred, and the over under is fifty. So uh, we we all picked Buffalo in this to absolutely beat the crap out of the Miami Dolphins. Moving on to San Francisco uh, versus the Chicago Bears. We all picked uh, – oh, it looks like the uh, money line is uh, uh, minus 170. The spread's minus four in favor of San Francisco. The, the over-under is 40, so they don't they don't expect a lot of scoring in this game. Vegas doesn't. Uh, we all picked the 49ers. We just think Chicago has no idea what they're doing on offense considering the fact that they're only averaging 14 points a game. And that offensive line is horrible, just awful for Justin Fields. I feel for the young man. Uh, moving on to the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this uh, this is almost a pick 'em game. Vegas almost has 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 a pick 'em game. They have the Colts. They only have the uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean um, Tennessee. Excuse me. Favored by the spread by minus one. The money line's minus one twenty. The over under fifty one. So Vegas predicting the Colts to come out and come out and put on a show and put up put up a fight. If the spread's only minus one, I mean that's seriously that's just a that's just a really a pick 'em game. Uh, but we all we all went Tennessee Titans uh, the way of Tennessee Titans just going on their winning streak with some impressive wins these past few weeks and we think we all hate Carson Wentz and his horrible ankles. Um, uh, looks like here we have the Los Angeles Rams. A curse the, upon that men's ankles. We you, we take the Titans on this one. That's easy money, guys. You heard it here first. Easy money, uh, which is what everybody wants. Uh, so the other Los Angeles Rams versus the Houston, the god awful Houston Texans that are just. Uh, dumpster fire uh, walking. Um, the Rams are minus the money line is minus a thousand. So for those of you who may or may not have to explain it to you, you have to lay a thousand down for the Rams to win to win back a hundred to net back a hundred. So that's how that's how um, Vegas views this matchup. The spread is minus the spread is minus fifteen. So they just expect the routing of the Houston Texans. The under over under is forty seven. I'd probably pick the over just because I bet I bet uh, uh, the Rams score. Uh, but the Rams score 31 before halftime. So, you know, I think they just absolutely destroy the destroy them. Um, our four o'clock game is New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Chargers. The uh, uh I said uh yeah, the Chargers and um the Chargers are the favorite here, minus uh five and a half, money line minus two fifty, over under forty-nine. And we all picked the uh Chargers to take it because they're they've proved shown to be one of the dominant teams. Uh Jacksonville next game, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Seattle Seahawks. Another another interesting matchup here. We all uh, the Seattle's uh, favored by minus three, money line minus one seventy, over under forty three and a half. We all went with Seattle. Uh, Geno Smith, you know, uh, uh, has, has they've lost some games. Seattle has, but Geno Smith has showed a lot of grit and a lot of heart. So we think they just beat the dumpster fire that that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, moving on to Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay is the favorite at minus five and a half, money line minus two fifty. 
240. And the over-under is 50. Uh, we all picked Tampa Bay just because Tom Brady's out here throwing touchdowns. It is a machine. He can't be stopped. Um, and then looks like our Monday night matchup is the New York football Giants against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we all hate the Giants, so we think the Chiefs are going to beat the crap out of them. The spread is minus uh, minus ten in favor of the Chiefs. Minus four fifty is the money line in favor of the Chiefs. So we have them. We have them winning that game outright in the money line as well. But that concludes Lawrence speed round. Over to you, Eric. Oh, man, you get better with that every week. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> he did that all in one breath, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you're aware. Um, so if you heard any breathing in the background, that was me being Darth Vader. Never breathed. Lungs of steel. Exactly. You've never seen anything like it, folks. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> uh, and well, I guess that brings us to the conclusion of tonight's episode. Uh, thank you all for hanging around, sticking around, listening to us talk. Um, one thing I did want to point out, uh, we, we've been asking you all to leave reviews and realize that uh, much to my chagrin, um, if you're an Apple user, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That is something that we're capable of doing. Um, Spotify and Google, I do not believe allow uh, reviews, unfortunately. Uh, but I know An- uh, Anchor does, so that if you use our Anchor website to listen to our podcast on the public site that we have there, you can feel free to leave a review there. Um, otherwise, thank you all for just listening. We appreciate you. And as more sports happen, we will keep bringing you the news. As always, ladies and gentlemen, go deep. Go deep.